Hi everybody, Mike Richard here. I am the founder of Talk About It Mate and the presenter of the Talk About It Mate podcast. This is Talk About It Mate podcast number three. And uh, yeah, really enjoy recording these. And, you know, since I set up Talk About It Mate as a community through Meetup, uh, it's evolved and, and we've gained a lot of members and you do meet people along the way that uh, are quite inspiring and, and make it all worthwhile. And uh, today we sat down for this podcast with Lindsay and she's a real key member of our community. She helps out running events. And we talked about fear and things that hold you back and, you know, challenging yourself and, and, and you know, accessing peer support. And I think Lindsay's got some really interesting stories. I think she's a really authentic person. And I really hope you enjoy it. Talk About It, mate. Podcast number three. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Talk About It Mate podcast number three. I think it's number three. I've had a lot of problems with which episode's going to go out when. Um, but yeah, this should be episode three. Happy to have you here again listening to us. And today, I'm Mike, Mike of course, I'm joined by the lovely Lindsay. Good evening, everybody. Or yeah. good morning, depending what time of day you're listening. Yeah, let's, yeah well, well, who knows, yeah. But we're missing a big part of the machine today, a massive <laughs> pivotal cog. And it's producer Paul, and uh, you know he he was, will be sorely missed today. Um, meaning that I had to kind of work some some technology out myself, and um, myself and Lindsay maybe not too too good. So we're doing this for you, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> you're here in spirit. Don't judge us. <laughs> but Paul, for those you know fans of Paul, Paul's corner will be back as soon as we do another podcast. You just wait. Um, yeah, welcome. We are um, talk about it, mate. This is a uh, community uh, that that I set up to help support people and Lindsay's one of those people who, who's come to our to one of our groups on Meetup and you know become part of that community would you say? Yes absolutely. Yeah and what, what we do is we just offer these social events and we're growing and people are just helping each other in lots of different ways Um, you know not to have a tagline but I, I, di- I did write this down that we are shining a light on different aspects of mental health with those who have knowledge and lived experiences of them and you might say, why do we do that? Well, <laughs> we use our experiences to inspire and support others. And I, I think, I, I don't know if this is from a movie or a TV show, making our corner of the world a better place. Did you see that Ricky Gervais thing on Netflix? But yes, I did. Afterlife. I loved it. I loved it. I think it was really, really well Really done, well yeah. written. Really I well know. Done. I'm kind of hoping he almost does a second, doesn't I think do a he second is. series. Really? Because I loved the, the bubble of... Um, what it was, yeah. as it is. I thought all the characters are really well written. Yeah, I think he writes them well. And I think he once he said, they only write what I know about. Uh, you know, he did that Derek in The Old People's Home, and I thought, you know, that's really good. He's done these things very well, uh, in my opinion, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I've been chatting to a lot of people about Talk About It, mate, and, you know, the vision is to set this up as a social enterprise. I was just explaining to Lindsay how um, trying to become a more savvy operator in getting the name out there. <laughs> And then, what do you think about that? I think it's a really positive step. I think as, as a group, it's it's a great group having joined it a while ago, but I think as a social enterprise, that's what people recognise and understand. So again, it gives it credibility immediately, rightly or wrongly, but it does. So yeah. I think it's good to get on people's radars. Well, a lot of work to be done, especially on my part in learning these skills, and to keep telling myself that, you know, we're doing a good thing here, and I'm meeting great people. So, you know, but if anyone wants to get in contact and, you know, give me some tips 
then please do. I will listen to them gladly. Um, so yeah, as I've um, as I've said, we are we're here with Lindsay today, and uh, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the group. Well, I was living in London up until um, end of March, no, end of April 2018, and I moved to Manchester at the the end of the month, and I um, I was really excited, new job, um, opportunity to rent my own place. Um, and a very long story short, and I'm happy to go into to more detail later down the line, but what got me to, to join the group was a, a, a focus on my part to manage my health, mental health better. Um, I was really struggling in the role I had. The culture, the management style um, was, was a real challenge for me. And I was on a little bit of a rocky road and, and I was really starting to find it quite difficult. But I'd also found out during the time since I moved to Manchester about Meetup app, which is a fantastic resource for people who are looking to make connections in the community. And I'd met some really nice people through the social app. There's yeah. a group for women in the Northwest. Brilliant. And that had been um, a great opportunity to make new friends in the area. And I thought I would utilise the app to see if there was an opportunity to, to join a group that would support me in a different way as well. And I joined the meeting at St Peter's Street. Cafe Nero's, I suspect it was around August time last year. It was August, yeah. September. Time flies. Um, yeah, seems like it was yesterday. Yeah, that, only, that really does actually, yeah. yeah. So I know, it was, I know it was at a point where I was, I was almost, um, just almost struggling to get out of bed in the mornings for yeah. the job itself. Um, you know, desperate to get out the door come the end of my work day. And, and I really didn't know, you know, how to manage the feelings I had about you know, work, the job, the impact it was having on me. Yeah. Um, and I nearly didn't make the meeting itself. Um, I didn't want to turn up at a group session where everyone was really morose and negative. Mm, um, yeah. But thankfully I did. And I found out it was quite the opposite. And it no. wasn't just a huge focus on mental health. It was around the practical steps people can take. Yeah. But the bottom line was of the, the friendships that I found through it. And yeah, they've, absolutely. they've meant the world to me. So, Brilliant. yeah, time's flown though. I can't believe it's... It really has since easily. Yeah, it, it's been fantastic. Um, yeah, so um, that's a kind of a flavour about what we do and how Lindsay got involved. And um, yeah, you should think about blogging or something like that. <laughs> I think sometimes I like to do it as a diary to myself. Yeah, I read someone who'd done one of the who completed a blog recently, and he actually put the header as you know this is for me, not for you. Um, and I like the idea of, of just doing that for myself because yeah. I'd be quite cathartic. It's like a, yeah. you know, reverting back to teenagers when I had yeah. a diary. and that was, diary. That was always a good approach to things. But I think <laughs> having found the source of support so yeah. helpful myself and other people, um, you just never know who you can support. And if there's an opportunity yeah. to do that and what you write helps somebody else, then yeah. that, that domino effect's a, a great thing. And you can bounce ideas off each other as well. Like... I, let me share this one with you. Have you heard of Hangxiety? Absolutely. Yeah, so I did this blog about this about a few months ago. I just come back from Cardiff. And for me, I haven't felt that in a couple of months until today. Um, yeah, cut a long story short. I'm not, I'm not, don't drink that much these days and trying new medication. But I was at a wedding, uh, a Sunday night wedding, I would recommend. <laughs> they are a bit cheaper, but it, it's, it was really, really good in Nottingham way that way. And uh, we're coming back today. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, just I've felt very anxious, and I know that it's because I've you know I had a lot to drink last night. Uh, but I did it. I had a great time last. Night. I was just drinking for drinking sake, like I might have done in the past. Yeah. I had a really good time. Met so many great people. So you know, so it's almost like 
I felt like this was coming to me, you know, like, oh no, you can't have a good thing happen because you're going to feel awful. Yeah, and I don't know if people who are listening might identify with this, but yeah, I have been through this many, many times, but it's still hard, even though I try to like talk about it, talk about it, mate. Um, uh, Yeah, felt not right, right, from getting up. Not the fact that you've got a hangover, the physical problems of having a hangover, that's just part of it. It's the mental problem, you know, the mental... The hangover's almost the easier part to manage because you can eat that burger, you can have that fry up, you can pop a couple of headache tablets. Absolutely. I think it's it's like you say, it's just not quite being able to put your finger on why you feel the way you do. For me, it's, you know, I was a a big drinker in my 20s and my early 30s, played rugby, it came with the territory. Yes. um, And it got to a point where I, I... I started to drive. I had a car, so I actually opted to drive more often than not. And nobody questioned that because obviously the legality of it, mm. but the fact that they had a practical means of getting from A to B of an evening at the end of the night, it was, you know, you get home quick if you've got a lift with Lindsay. So, <laughs> you know, that was that was part of my opt-out to try and avoid getting into that sort of scenario yeah. again. But these days I, I don't drink much myself. Yeah. Um, but when I do, it's almost like I dread the consequences. Yes. And that in itself it ends up being almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I, it's almost like I sort of prepare the cushion mm. for the day after. So I, I strike out time in my diary just yeah. for myself. I, I plan to, you know, have whatever food I like. I'll, I'll have that carte blanche to go yeah. ahead and eat. Um, and I'll, I'll try and sleep as much as I can to get through that. But then I found as I've got older and, and I'm in my early 40s now is... It's not always just the next day. Yeah. It can hang over you like a, like a four-day hangover, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And as much as you might not feel ill or, or have a headache, um, you know, those feelings, it's almost like you need to sort of detox your body of them rather than the alcohol itself. Absolutely. It's just such a an ordeal like to get through the day. But if, just because you've rewarded yourself and had a nice time, then you think, oh, it really flares up the next day, so... Everything feels really scary. And insurmountable was the word I wrote down. Like, I just don't think you can... Every little thing becomes a real struggle. And then you start to think of things in your life. And all them old wounds are, like, you know, coming back up again. And, like, you know, I've lost lots of weight, for example. And I'm thinking, oh, I better put loads of weight on this weekend. That means I'm going to end up putting free stone back on and going back to the way that I was. And, and it's like you have... But now, this, like, this was me four hours ago. Now I'm sitting here thinking, like, don't be... Don't mess... Yeah, you know, don't mess around like that's, that. That's a joke. But we do but, that. I, I think I do that myself. Part of part of what annoys me about my anxiety levels is I have, like, a bucket that appears. So when I'm upset about something, like, you know, I'm, I'm short on money because getting towards the end of the month or, you know, I envisage something happening that I can't afford to do. And then it's not just that. It's like, oh, you know, if I can't afford to, to go visit my family, then my mum and dad will be disappointed with me and, you know, and then I'll feel really bad. And then mm-hmm. I think, you know you know, I don't own my own house, you know, why don't you own your own house, your parents are disappointed for a second time about something it's spiraling. in your life. I can see, I can see you your thoughts. you chuck it just... in the bucket, so yeah, yeah. You, you spiral, and there's, there's, there, it's like the rationale behind your thought processes just goes out the window for those yeah. few days. Yeah, yeah, it just, it's just, it, normal situations also become so strange, like, we went into this little farm cafe to get a fry up, and like, you know, I, I am hanging, you know, hanging out my ass, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, there's like, Three old ladies in the dark or something, and like, I'm thinking everyone's staring at me. Everyone is staring at me. What have I done? You know, like, <laughs> what did I do last night? Apparently, I was very good and tried to get everyone to dance. There was a few slut drops on the dance floor. You know, it was a good night. It's standard for a wedding day, by the sounds of it, to me. Yeah, there's this heightened sense of doom. No, something really bad's gonna happen, and then, then really isolated, like the world is passing you by. To use um, an, an example, not an example. 
Well, I can't, I can't think analogy. of the word. Analogy, yeah. <laughs> I should know things like this, being a teacher. But um, we were driving back down the M62, and there's that man who has a... I don't know if you've been. And you go to Leeds, there's a man who's got one house in the middle of the if motorway. The motorway. He wouldn't move, so the motorway goes around his house. <laughs> Everyone knows that place. Uh, but it's like that feeling of isolation, that the world is, is pa- literally just literally. passing, passing you by. You're like this, like thing in the middle which could be a good thing he's like i'm not moving for nobody but it could be a bad thing but uh yeah but then i had to tr- remind myself that this will pass i've got to ride it out but it happens when you're on a journey because you can't be at home to do all those things that you mentioned before you know if you're on yeah. a train back somewhere or you're flying back somewhere you know so ride it out stay on track and i'm using all these like transport but references. it is like a journey though isn't it yeah. you just need to get through it and you don't I often find as well, yeah. like you'll, you'll expect the worst the next day or the day after, yeah. and then, you know, you figure it might hang around for a bit, yeah. and it's almost like you're trying to catastrophize Absolutely. the situation so that if it by day three post night out, yeah. you're okay, you think, oh my God, I got off really lightly, that's all right, I'm going to stick to rum and coke in future. Yeah. Beware, so. beware of the beer fear. But it'd be, <laughs> be interesting to hear from people who listen to this, if, what their thoughts and what their take on that is. But for me, like... There's a lot of times today I could have opted out and say I'm not doing this t- tonight, but I thought no, you keep going in life like you know you're not going to feel this way forever. And now even just mentioning this now, talking about this, it's like a different world. It, it's literally a weight lifted off my shoulders, and it's actually quite funny. Um, so yeah, that you know that just that's just something that came up, and fear, I think fear is a good thing to base this episode around really. Definitely. But um, to, to spin things off in another direction, I'm going to try and put different features in there to keep it fresh. <laughs> I might try and get some more jingles. But this game, game? No, it's not a game. It's um, I've got a little task for you, Lindsay. It's called the New Order game. It basically, you have to put these things in order. One, two, three, four. Okay? So I've got four um, mental health problems uh, that I found from the Mind website. Um, and... Ha- how many out of a hundred people suffer from these problems in the country? Okay. okay, but basically you have to put them in order: one, two, three, four, the most to the least. Okay, it's all these people. It's it's are less than ten out of a hundred, but cool. still, if you you know, um, so the four are, um, we have depression, we have OCD, generalized anxiety disorder, and PTSD. Gosh, it's all near the top together. Um, okay, so for me, I would say generalised anxiety. Number one. It's the top. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would then say um, depression would come second, followed by um, OCD. And then I would say PTSD sounds to me, and I know this is wrong, but... I always associate it with post service people. Yeah, that's what so comes to mind often. But. So that, to, in my mind, it's an ignorance, I know, but I have that association with more severe situations. So I'd say it was more. I can tell you that you got one, one correct. <laughs> out of four. Um, but you did get the number one there. Gen- um, generalised anxiety disorder. That's 5.9, so six out of 100 people have some kind of generalised anxiety disorder. What do you think number two would be then? Okay, so I'll go with OCD second then. No. <laughs> PTSD, PTSD, yeah. That's 4.4 out of 100 people wow. have uh, PTSD. This, I, there are other ones that I've, I've omitted. but um, Then number three, depression, 3.3. 3. 
and then number four OCD 1.3 which I can kind of see it I don't know too much about all these things and I'm hoping yeah. to get a different take on that interestingly though mixed anxiety and depression is higher is up the scale 7.8 out of 100 people have some kind of mixed anxiety of depression I would probably class myself in that looking at my past and uh, I don't know about yourself I'm sorry myself too yeah yeah so it's interesting that um yeah, but people are becoming more and more educated about these things. And I've been reading a lot into it in terms of working with young people. And um, the more that we educate ourselves, you know, like I say, I'm no expert. But, but knowledge is power, isn't it? And it enables yeah. you to, to support yourself and others, really. Yeah, so that was the ordering game. New order, I'm going to call it. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll get a new order trap. Uh, but yeah, so it'll be another one next time. Um, right, so let's let's talk some more about, about you then, Lindsay. Um, when... Obviously, I don't know you that well. Um, only August when we met, wasn't it? But um, when did you realise something wasn't was up? You know, with your mental health. I think if looking back over the years, it was um, there was a major issue with a flatmate I had, and I had a flat share in London. But that was, gosh, that was a, a long time ago. I think really to to bring it more up to date and be more relevant is was particularly last year, and I think it was around sort of July August time. I come back um, in sort of uh, late July from a holiday with a couple of girlfriends. We'd been away in Spain and I used to work with them and the move from London was a big decision. But at the time, I think I was so excited about the new adventure in Manchester that I hadn't really focused on how difficult the transition would be. So seeing them in July and spending a few days away with them in the lovely sunshine was really quite tough. And I also had, it was lovely, but it, it kind of brought home to me what I didn't see week in, week out. And they were they were a great friendship to me in London. And also as well, I'd caught up with quite a few friends over the course of being in London before the holiday. Yeah. So for me, it really spiked, I would say, kind of late July, early August. Um, You know, I'd had, I'd taken on a new job, which I was promised training in because the job itself was very new to me. Um, But it was felt my background would be, you know, really had to bring transferable skills. And in the early to sort of, it was around about the first or second week of June, it had been recognised that support that had been put in place wasn't as effective as it should have been. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I had a conversation with my director and ultimately the, the plan was I was going to go and leave, come back and it would be a fresh start for me. But I soon, within, you know, two or three weeks of returning, um, began to realise that, Ultimately, the, the culture of the company was very work hard, work hard. You know, yeah. there was expectations around people and, and whilst they promoted the autonomy that individuals had within teams, it also meant that everything fell on that person's shoulders um, and there was very little support outside yeah. of it. And so that's really when I started to realise that, you know, I was, I was starting to really panic about things. I was starting to... You know, people would go to make teas and coffees from our small office and that irrational fear would come in. Yeah. You know, they're talking about me or, you know, mm-hmm. there was another thing where people would have conference calls with the, with their line managers and, and the fear about me being a topic of that conversation, how I was failing, even though for me, looking back, the failure was on their part to support and train me effectively. Yeah. And, and the effort was in there and the commitment was there, but... As time went by, I just felt I wasn't good enough. Um, and that that really was where it, it, it came to a, a peak for me yeah. late last year. And did you then go 
to the doctor or did you get some support or um, what, what happened then? I found it, I found it quite yeah. challenging to do yeah. that. So um, I thought I'd self-referred myself for counselling. Yeah. Um, I actually had a very good friend who is a mental health nurse. Yeah. And she manages um, children on a ward with mental health issues. But she was a really good support. Whereas I had another friend mm. whose intentions were great. But she was very much like, it's the job. You just need yeah. to leave the job. Two different takes on it, yeah. Yeah. So the, the first friend was, was incredible and really patient, understanding and very good at reframing, as someone calls it. You know, looking at my concerns from another angle um, and re -situ you know, um, representing that, representing that differently. Um, and, you know, ultimately for me, I think the meetup was really probably the first source of support that I'd actually gone for and taken yeah. Because the referral scheme can take up to six weeks. Yeah. The GP's appointment wasn't for another week. And I think that's probably essentially yeah. what made me get my arse out of bed on that Sunday. Yeah, because you need something in the meantime often, don't you? And that, that can come from friends who, who... But then it could also hamper you. Even though they've got your best interests at heart, they might not be able to... So that's why peer support like this... And there's loads of stuff out there, as I keep saying. Peer support is massive, isn't it? Absolutely, and I think for me that there was what this one particular friend who was all focused on me just changing the job was, mm. you know, if if you're worried about money, then go into a flat share. And I was like, my job's an issue, mm. you know, I can still cover my bills, but if I move out of my flat, then there's a whole myriad of stress that goes with finding the right place, you know, finding the funds to move, moving in with a bunch of strangers. Whereas yeah. I had my safety. And my, my pod of all my own where, you know, my comfort zone was my flat and I knew what that was a definite. And that's your self-care, which you need. And you've always been very upfront about that, haven't you? You like your own Definitely. space, your, your own kind of thing. And I love that you use the word myriad. Yeah. A personal favourite of mine, myriad. Um, <laughs> I use it in every essay I've ever written. Uh, I think it's, it's so true. It almost, to me, reminds me of like a kaleidoscope. You know, you imagine that the, yeah. my niece has them where she has like... Um, a, a mobile from when she was a little girl mm, yeah. and it's all plastic and it hangs in the window but it catches like glass and you see all those different colours within that one piece yeah. of um, the mobile and I think sometimes you know like I say with this particular friend who told me to, to find another job or just leave mm. um, or you know yeah. you know sack off my contract on my flat and get a flat share just seemed to focus on the fact that it was just one issue yeah one solution, everything will be okay so again. So saying like you're anxious, you need to do this about it. It's a job. Thing. Yeah, like there was a there was a conversations we had where she was like, you know, you know, your food's something you can control. You know, you can eat more healthy and exercise more, and that would help your mood. But I was like, I would say to her, you you don't understand mm -hmm. the the struggle I have to get out of bed in the morning, yeah. um, to go to work is one thing. To get up an hour and a half earlier and go to the gym is an, is another thing altogether. Yeah, um, baby steps. You can't expect like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just be, just be amazing, like. Yeah. And it was like you know, do these things that you can't do at the minute, and that'll make you feel better. And that made me feel worse yeah. because I couldn't face the gym, and and I wasn't making healthy choices as um, as many healthy choices as I should have done for food. Yeah. Um. And and you know, it wasn't the case of you know sort one problem and everything will go away. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, it seems like, yeah, you obviously work was a trigger. Definitely. That's what's coming across there. And, you know, you you were waiting for some kind of support. You you sort something out in the meantime. You have confided in friends. You know, like you use the network around you. Yeah. Um, 
and you are quite an open person from what yeah. I've experienced. Um, yeah, I was going to. I think you kind of answered this one bit. Said, what did that look and feel like? But like you said, if you couldn't get out of bed and and, and I think you were you more withdrawn at work. I was very quiet, and I think yeah. for me as well as you know, um, I I'm quite sociable person, and I really enjoyed the team that I was working in the yeah. Manchester office. But you know, I got upset at one point, and mm. you know, there was one person in the team who I felt was who just didn't understand yeah. how much of a challenge it was. You know, she'd never, even with the exception of university, I think she'd just travelled to Leeds from where she lived. Yeah. Um, she'd never left home. She'd ne- You know, the financial side of it was very worrying yeah. for me, but she'd lived at home, so she had money or, you know, worst yeah. case scenario. And it was a big deal for me to talk about it in the office, and I did get upset, and I found, like, I felt like she didn't understand, and therefore she was very critical of how upset I'd become and I think that made it harder and harder as the days went by to yeah. to go into it. You know, you're always conscious she'd be the first person you'd see as the door would open to the office and you'd always want to go in and be bright and breezy. But there's a fear. And yeah, and that, that smile stopped at my eyes almost, you know, yeah. that, that genuine smile didn't occur. But I think for me it was it was really difficult and it, it took on different formats. You know, I, I started being less sociable. Mm-hmm. I started you know, my go-to dinner would be a big bag of crisps and a treat bag of chocolate yeah. at, in the evenings. Um, you know, I, I would m- literally leave the minute my lunch began. I'd walk out the building and I'd do my utmost to be out of the office for my maximum hour. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've never been the kind of sort of um, person to clock on at nine and finish at five. Yeah. But that's exactly what I found myself doing because I couldn't stand to give extra time to a company and I found it really f- affected my self-worth and self-worth, my, I started yeah. to doubt myself. Doubt. You know, my confidence and my abilities. I find a lot of my senses would begin with, I think what, what I need to do is this, but can I just double-check that with you? And it was like I doubted everything. You know, and, and family, are, I love my family to pieces, mm-hmm. but I felt like I needed to cope with what I was going through because I didn't want my parents to worry. So you were kind of very insular, I almost isolated in those thoughts and that... That's the scariest time, isn't it? That like, I look, I look back to times in my life when a lot of the things you've just mentioned in workplace situations, yeah. And like, you don't trust yourself as much as you you do when things are going well. Yeah, and I used to I used to in my previous role in my last company, London. You know, I would often stand up to senior management people yeah, and tell them me. what you know my clients wanted. You know, we were a membership association, and I would really put my foot down. Mm. And I find it quite ironic now, and you know, looking back because. I did this so many times where I didn't necessarily... Agree. I even disagreed with the chief executive in a big meeting and pushed back on him and, and told him I thought he was wrong. And, yeah. you know, whereas as time went by, I just found myself more deferential to the, my boss and I just felt like anything they said was right and I was wrong. Because of your self-worth. Because I just yeah. didn't have that confidence to push back on them anymore. Brilliant, yeah. Like, I'm going to say brilliant in that, like, you've shared that... Um, not brilliant that you didn't have any confidence, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do. I, that chimes massively with me, and like, like look, I look, think about where I am now, and like you said something before, it's not just going from wetlands is just to, to describe to everything being sunshine and and moonbeams and flowers and like <laughs> yeah, sunbeams, no, moonbeams, like you know, and you, you know, you said there was just someone who did a talk last week, and it's when they're very honest about the the, you know, not gratuitous, but like honest. About about the things that happen on the process, it's the, the things like they're not being able to get out of bed, the things like uh, 
someone left their car keys in the fridge because they were forgetting things. Like, little things that happen along the way that you think, oh, but it's, it's that, when people are honest about that, well, people buy into it, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, this this speaker I went to at a networking event, which, again, I learnt about through Meetup, um, she was very honest and very frank about a journey she'd gone on to become a life coach herself, and and it was just so refreshing to have someone say, this awful thing happened to me, and I really struggled, and I tried to repress it, but it was kind of like, you know, you, you push something down, it just pops up more, it's like one of those toys as a kid, you know, you you try and forget it, but it's just, it sits there, and until you, I always say to people, there's a friend um, I used to work with, and we'd become really close for the past few months, and ironically, it's because of the anxiety we both suffer from, and, and we have this joke where, you know, I'll say, do I need to get the fish out? Because we want to slap each other in the face yeah. with a fish because yeah. we know what we're saying. It, it doesn't, it contradicts yeah. everything we know. Yes. But because the feelings don't match, you know, the feelings are so powerful that rationale doesn't yeah. seem to, you know, push back on them. So, you know, we often, I often say to her, you know, she finds it very hard to be honest, but we, we can chat very honestly. Even when she visited, we were very frank with each other in person. And I say to her, you know what, it, it's like saying boo to the, you know, the ghost. Yeah. You need to, to face up to it, so... Yeah, the elephant in the room, I call it. Like, yeah. Like, it's something there that needs to be addressed, like, in lots of areas of your life. Like, I've done this with both my parents in the last six months, and, like, you know, my parents are great. But, like, there's things, individual things that I wanted to talk to both of them about. And I have done that, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying everything's perfect, but, like, I think that they see me as somebody now who, who isn't going to brush things under the carpet. And, it, you know... But you can't do it all at once. There are people who are wow. struggling to listen to this thinking, I'm just going to go out there like a wrecking ball and just <laughs> do it absolutely. But There's no overnight fix, but the 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 best thing is out of that awful situation of feeling lost and uncertain and, and scared is, you know, I sat in that, that meeting in um, St. Peter's Street in the cafe near Manchester and I was really honest about how I felt. And by putting that on the table, everyone was able to pick it apart for me. It was a big turning point in Talk About It, mate, actually, for that, for me. You came along, bright and breezy, and then something wasn't right quite quickly. You'd come along because you were tr- struggling. Yeah, and totally. You, yeah, you opened up, and people were genuinely like... Because I was watching what other people were doing, and and it was, it was a very nice thing to see, because you came, you got support, you know, had a chat with people, they opened up to you, and then from there... And from there, that's where the steps began, so, you know, like I say, it's, this meetup group was, was so fantastic, because it didn't just sit and talk about worrying, it didn't no. sit and talk about how, you it's know, coping strategies, no, absolutely, and and there was there was a, a, a great person there who I consider a very good friend of mine now, and, you know, she suggested um, I join her at a yoga class she was taking part in, um, and I went and, and she says the, it was almost a cross between yoga and meditation and the guy who ran it was fantastic and his voice was very soothing and I think for it was ironic, it kind of, it made you sit still mm. or try and hold a really difficult position or lie on the mat and do nothing and it it was very emotional because I would go home after those sessions of on a Tuesday night and I was, I was literally like a piece of toast glass of water straight to bed didn't want dinner yeah. felt so relaxed um wow. but it also helped me to kind of start to clear my head of all that negative thought and actually get to the crux of the issue was 
particularly with the job, was that I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to move on. I wanted, you know, for me, it was a, a lesson learned in what I wanted. And as, and as much as awful situations can happen in your life, and, and this was by no means that dreadful. I mean, I was in a warm office with nice people, paid a salary, you know, it, it helped me get to Manchester. But I knew the bottom line was that, you know, I needed to leave. And and it got to a point where I recognised that I was more important than the job. Yeah, I, your, you know, your care for My self-worth yeah. had to come first. And, you know, it made me sit down and, and face that ghost head on and say boo to it. You know, I sat down and I worked out the bare minimum money I needed yeah. to get by every month. And calculated what ifs and looked at different scenarios of income and, and what if I don't you know manage this and what if this happens and um and you know my sister came to visit throughout this period and she said, she said to me don't just leave and I got upset and I said you don't realize how much this is affecting me you know I'd wake up from the minute I was conscious to the minute I went to bed I just felt like there was this cloud of worry over my head so even if a weekend you know I'd be thinking about you know, did I do this? Did did I mess this up? You know, did I do enough? And, and it was exhausting. Yeah. yeah, and it was and it was a case of it was a stupid thing as well. Like I can remember when I lived in London, one of my favourite things to do before a night out was to have a little bit of a disco nap. And um a disco nap. The play yeah. <laughs> and the pleasure of living on my own means I got no one to disrupt me. So, you know, one of my favourite things is to have a sort of a bit of a mini nap sometimes a weekend. But I couldn't bring myself to do that. It was like, it wasn't like I suffered from insomnia. It was like, I wanted to stay awake to try and work through my anxiety. But by staying awake all that time, it was just exhausting me. Um, and I just, I just felt like I got up in the morning from the, the first coffee of the day to the, you know, the, the last thing I thought at night was, you know, how do I get out of this situation? You know, you wanted this so badly to move to Manchester to, to have your own place. Everything worked out in that that order but the job's not right you know you you're not getting the support you need you know you've told them this they've reviewed it it's this culture isn't a fit and it's a you know the the company was a conference company so you know i, I, I you know came to recognize quite quickly that this kind of work isn't without the pressure yeah in anyone's work there is a pressure comes from yeah. having to go to work doesn't it and it's a pressure you put on yourself as well but Definitely. Uh, you know I can feel that intensity, like the the pressure that you were under. Feel that, but looking at your journey, I never do like to say journey, but you know, yeah, it's not it's not the destination, it's the journey. No, and that's and, the... and what what's changed, like what has it changed you? It's made me for for once. It's made me recognise that you know you can't just blink and take a tablet or have a drink, and and the issue goes away. Is so it's, many things. It's so many things, but I think for me it's made me realise, and funny enough this came up in the, this event I was at the other evening, as to you know, what makes an effective salesperson, which is what technically yes. I am in my job, so it was a self-awareness, yeah. it was the empathy, and it, there was all these things, and, and, and when I started this new job I remember making phone calls to potential clients, and RMD happened to hear me at one point, yeah. And she was like, do you know what? She said, you just, like, in the recruitment industry where I work, we get very pigeonholed. Yeah. And she said to me, do you know what? You don't sound like any business development person who's ever worked here. 
you're so relaxed and you you know the way you come across and your your tone and your voice yeah. and so I think it's made me more effective at my job you know I get I try to get in touch with senior people and we call them gatekeepers so you'll often find the person on reception yeah. is the one who can make a difference to whether or not you get through to them and I you know they they have a you know they gave me insights into that person's day or who manages their diary and I don't think I'd get that if that wasn't me but but also for me as well it's it's recognising the there's a level of consistency you need to keep up. In your own in your own life. In your own life. So I'm I'm very, you know, I'm very um you know, you talk about my personal space and my me time. Mm. You know, I'm very honest with friends, you know, I'd love to see you. Yeah. But I've planned this. Can you work around that? And I think that's helped. But also as well as, you know, I can when I'm talking to other people or I'm at work, I can sense I can almost, it's kind of like the anxiety whisperer, yeah. but I can sense their anxiety or their hesitation oh, yeah. and things and their fear, you know, and, and I've stopped, you know, I went to New Zealand a, a few years ago and I jumped out of a plane at 16,000 feet. Wow. Um, someone strapped to my back, so I wasn't completely alone, but it was that moment of just like, just fuck it, just do yeah. it. What's the worst can happen? And yeah, if splat on the pavement or splat on the field in the middle of Bay of Islands, but it you know, nowadays, you know, I've come to see what's the worst that can happen. And that new job, and, and getting in that new job, I was able to sit there and say, I'm in a situation where this is happening. If I join you, I, I'm conscious that, you know, that doesn't happen again. You're holding the cards almost because you're saying, this is me. Yeah, and, and I'm very frank and honest about that. You yeah. know, I said to them, they said, we've got a role where we're looking to create in the team. And I think you'd really work well in it. And I said, that sounds great, but, and I made it very clear about my, my positioning on that. You know, I don't have a wealth of experience. Mm. I don't want to repeat of what's happened in this last company. And did you mention that? Yeah. But like, just, yeah. So that's good that you could even do that. Like, Totally honest. And like, you know, there was a, a lady who's, who works on our team and she has a, she's in a little bubble of what she does and anything outside of that, I can sense the nervousness. So I was able, you know, to reach out to her the other week and I said, I've been thinking about something and that got mentioned in the meeting at the end of the week last week. I said, would it be useful if I drafted an email and you use that to send to people? So you're more proactive, you, you, you're having the conversations to help you in your working life. And I think that's it. You, what you present, situation at work that you were presenting at the beginning and to now, that shows a progression, a journey you as a person. And obviously that permeates into other aspects of your life, you know, like you said keeping in a routine and those yeah. kind of things are brilliant so very very quickly then um what are your goals moving forward so for me on a personal level my goals are really you know it i've almost achieved them really was to be able to have a, a serious meeting with my boss or the director and not get upset because I, yeah. I had a pound for every time i cried or every tear i shed mm. in this last company then i you know i'd be sitting here on a much more lavish sofa and yeah you know, we'd have people feeding us peeled grapes, but um, for me, it was really to to focus on the the facts of things, yeah. and to be able to box off the emotions. And trust me, I can't manage it every day. Yeah. Like my boss the other week said, "Can I have a quick word?" Mm. Um, and he's not in the office very often, but when he is, he said, "Can I have a quick word?" Um, we just grab an office off on the sides mm. of our, our main sort of office bit out away from everybody. And as soon as we walked in the room, I went, "What is it? What have I done?" Yeah, you think. And I assumed worse. I'd done something wrong. And he went, oh, I just want to let you know we're, we're going to get confirmation of our bonus scheme hey. in the next couple of weeks. 
it's been revised, it's better than it was originally, da, da, da. And I went, okay. And then I went, so I haven't done anything wrong. He was like, no, but I just wanted to be discreet and tell you yeah. away from the others in the, yeah. the consultant side of the business. And I was just like, I sat myself down as we walked out of the office. Kind of, I kind of tried to laugh about it and he probably thought I was an idiot. And he, get, and he did, because he kind of said, what, what, what is it you think you've done wrong? And I went, I don't. I just waited for you to pick a hole in something. People that... do think like that. I don't even someone says, I want to have a word. Yeah, like you default to negative yeah. straight away. And, and it was ridiculous. And he, I kind of made a joke of it. But the great thing was, he's such a nice guy, is when we started working together, I, you know, I said, you, you can have a copy of my CV. I don't have the wealth or the depth of experience you yeah. do in the industry or doing the job that we're doing. But I said, I can assure you, you get me, you know, that's, you get me as part of this deal. You get the passion and the enthusiasm, the commitment tell, tell your and the point, willingness. Yeah. yeah. I said, and that's what I promise I can give you. So I said, if you feel I fall short on the, the job front and in, in my past experience, then rest assured, I will make that up for leaps and bounds. So he was great. And actually at one point I had a call to assess me for counselling mm. a couple of months back and I had to leave early. And he jokingly said something about um, going for a job interview. And I felt awful. And as I went to leave, I thought, I can't leave this. And I went back to him and I, I said, I, I have to be very honest. I said, it's actually for your potential counselling. I'm just getting an assessment on the phone. But I'm having it at home. The, the phone calls yeah. can be hosted at my flat. And he was like, listen, he said, it's fine. He says, only kids. And I said, no, I know. But you I said, were but honest I wanted about to that. be honest with yeah. you. And that's... That's for me is really refreshing, and even with my mum, you know, towards the end of last yeah. year, I waited till I got my new job sorted, and I told her. But when I was home at Christmas, I was able to be very honest with her about how I've been yeah. feeling, and I still don't quite think she understands because her, and particularly my dad, are very, okay, sorted now. Let's just shut that door. It's all okay. Mm. Whereas my sister. She and I are very similar. Right. So we're a great support to each other. Oh, I'd love to meet her then. Absolutely. She's Sounds great. like you're trusting yourself more. You're making no decisions. You're creating conditions and an environment that you can thrive in. And, and I hope that continues into yeah, everything that's definitely else that my you goal. do. And the thing for me is as well, my job in it particularly is like a linchpin for me to kind of use as a compar- comparison. But... When I think about meeting people, yeah, you know, I'm going to be hosting a meeting on my own in a couple of weeks with this woman, just the two of us face yeah. to face. It's going to be a really tricky conversation, but I know that I have mechanisms that, that will be in place by then to help me cope. Okay, and the, the funny thing is, I'm also worried about the drive there, and I thought this meeting was going to happen sooner, mm. so I was really worried about it, but now we've got the date in the diary... I think to myself, do you know what? You'll you'll take your time. You'll take extra an extra hour to leave the office, and it will be what it'll be. And you're not going to crash the car you borrow. Yeah. You're just going to get it down to the West Midlands. So you're not worried about that right now. You you know that when that comes around, you'll be able to do it. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I get like that. Like I've got to go to a school and thinking, oh, you know, something happens, I run away, or but then I think, no, I, you cross that bridge when you come to it. You have that yeah. trust in yourself to do it. And a lot of people wouldn't be able to identify with that. If, so they just do it. And, yeah. and I think the words just do it are so important for everyone's journey. Sometimes... Sometimes the phrase fuck it comes to light so much as well. Like, that's another blog I did. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I kind of think to myself, do you know what? What have I got to lose? If I do this, say this, yeah. I'm never rude, You're never not. unprofessional. 
And it just works. Right, well, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. And I've learned a lot about you through that. And uh, I hope people can see similarities in, in the stories that we are presenting through this. Like, I'm feeling quite laid back about it all. I'm actually just laying back on the sofa now. But <laughs> I'm like, like, let me sit up. Let's finish with a little um, light-hearted thing. <laughs> I mentioned this in um, vlog number two. Is it the name of a drug? Or is it the name of a Pokemon? <laughs> Here you go. Okay, so drug or Pokemon? Yeah. Are you ready? Go for it. <laughs> I've mixed them all up. Right. Mentax. Oh. Drug or Pokemon? I'd say drug. Correct. Mylotarg. Pokemon. It's a drug. <laughs> Cleffer. Pokemon. Yes, it's a Pokemon. Avalox. That's going to be a drug. It's a Pokemon. Damn it. I can't even read these. Starlix. Pokemon. Drug. No way. I don't know what all these drugs are for. I was going to say, that's a good one to get, though. <laughs> Lugia. Oh, Pokemon. It is a Pokemon. You know Pokemon, I think, I, I, I think I've heard of that one before. Maxalt. Uh, drug. Drug, correct. Let's do two more. Renexa. Drug. Do you know this drug? No, but yeah, I'm watching your facial expressions now. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, last one. Petilil. Pokemon. Pokemon, well done. Yay! I, I, you did well. You're more we than should do it. like this, like, um, you know how they do on, um, what's the show, Jeremy Clarkson used to do? Top Gear? Yeah, you know how they have the competition with the drivers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should I'm keep a running total of these to see who gets the most right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be good, building it up, you know. Because, like, you know, this is number three, you know, wait until we do number 30, you know, like, how exactly. sick would it be then, and proper studio and everything. That's uh, the great thing about the group and the meet-up sessions, though, is yeah. there's, there's never one person who yeah. mirrors your experience. No. And there's never one person who would manage things or address things in the same way as you. So mm. you've always got a real mix of personalities and, and um, yeah. you know, opportunities to learn from each other. And, you know, like I say, it was when we had that meet-up, you know, you, you sit and you think, oh, you know, I remember you put a sign-up at the one in Chorlton. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, why do people want to know what it's all about? And I thought, you know what, fuck it, I oh, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a bunch of people having a beer and a bowl of chips, it's great. Yeah, it was good, it was good. But yeah, it's not just sitting around in, a, like, a church hall in a circle. Like, and, and I think people, that's what comes to mind with things like this. But no, having a coffee, as soon as you put yourself out there, you know, you the first time you came, like you said, you nearly didn't come. There's so many people in that situation. You, you know, you make that effort, you do get it back in yourself. You, you, see, you get I, it back from others, but you get it back in yourself. It's like, true. It's like it's like trying to hold back the dam, you know, yeah. if you, or a flood that's going to happen. And, you know, I got upset and I cried and mm. people were really supportive and understanding and there's no judgment. And, and then, you know, and then once that kind of, you, you cry it out, the practical steps come in. You know, like one guy, I remember one guy saying to me, it sounds like you really need to leave that job, you know, but when you're ready. And I yeah, was like, so it's yeah, like a little bit it. like that your friend said, but it was a bit more from a, a empathetic, em yeah, em he, empathic he was really good at understanding. Like, <laughs> he'd been in a similar situation and I felt like going, and I remember, I remember the day I walked out of the place, you know, and there's certain things I realised, like when I was into this new job for a couple of weeks, you know, it was when the run up to Christmas, so it wasn't exactly anxiety free, but I'd wake up and I'd realise, you know, I'd got up on the Saturday morning and I was really looking forward to park run. I was making an effort to go out. Was, yeah, you volunteer, don't you? Yeah, and I run it sometimes as well. And, and it's great because just, I just got out of the house and there was no, oh God, you know, what do I have to do today? And I'm still tired because I haven't slept well. Yeah. And 
there was none of that. You know, when I got out and I remember meeting a girl on the, the first day I did the Manchester Park Run in South Manchester. Um, and we were sitting having brunch a few weeks later when I'd started this new job and moved on. And she was like, you can already see the shift in you, you know? Yeah. You're just relaxed and enjoying brunch. Whereas when I first met her, she was tail walking and I didn't even try to run. I didn't have the energy to run it. And, yeah, yeah. and she was like, you know, when we met, you were just a bit kind of down about things and weren't happy in your job and you didn't really go into detail, but I could tell you weren't 100%. And then we got to know each other more and more as the week went by and I told her what had happened and how I got this new job and she went, you can just see it. You know, you were even one, you know, it wasn't like I did parkour and then rush home for a shower and go back to bed again. I was actually hanging out with him and having brunch with her and her girlfriends and her lovely dog Hunter, so it was brilliant. That's brilliant, and I love hearing that, and it, you know, it's made my day. I'm, I'm growing into today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's great. Step. Yeah, like you say, volunteering, helping out, I give up a lot of my time for this, and it, it's great, I love it. And I love it so much that I want to make it what I absolutely do. No, you know? exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going after your passion and helping each other and going, making your corner of the world a little bit better, you know. Exactly. I will, I will. Try to inspire people. I will do that. <laughs> you, know, you might just you think do. he's an idiot, but I don't care. Um, and I actually, I get that stage where I generally I'm not caring as much about what people think. And it does. It takes a long time. It's like me with the weight loss. It's you know, I still see myself as a big guy, and it, it takes time for to. Nothing's done overnight. You can't. You know, don't you process things. We have. Yeah, it, that's the point. So, but anyone who wants to, you know, offer their services, volunteer with me. Ask, ask me. You know, if you want, you can do anything or. Lindsay does a lot. Meet up. Pugs. Pugs. Pug welfare for the Manchester Pug Rescue and Welfare yeah. Group yeah. as well. So Give them a shout out. Yeah. There's always an opportunity to get involved in something and it doesn't yeah. mean that that, that organisation, that social enterprise, that mm. group, whatever it is, will yeah. monopolise your time. Sometimes it can just yeah. be a case of just coming along and joining us and listening in. And yeah. sometimes, you know, meetups that we host, um, I can't remember when the next one is, but... April 28th. <laughs> there we go. Um, it's come along, you know, yeah. nobody expects you to stand on that table in the yeah. middle of the room and, and tell your story to the, the world oh. and his wife. It, you know, come along and just listen, because at the end of the day, nobody's going to demand anything of you other than, you know, yourself. You're the one who puts the pressure on yourself, I think. Yeah, and I, I'm the worst for that. I'm the worst for that. I put so much pressure on myself. Um... But yeah, we 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 did a really good darts one recently. Uh, yeah, I'm, the the diary's not very busy at the moment, but um, you know I'll get round to it. But then I'm not stressing myself because, you know, I can't do everything. I can't put myself, you know, under so much pressure that I can't function and do my day job and be in a relationship and do all these other things that I do in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, we made time to do this today, and then it's great. I'm going to come out of here buzzing. So yeah, thank you too. so much. And uh, no, and I hope you enjoyed listening, everybody. I know different stories happen and come across from different people but um, if one thing's proved useful then I'd be delighted because I know this time last year I was slowly but surely heading down a path that wasn't very healthy and wasn't really ideal for me yeah. and I think the meetups were you know were the were the support I needed yeah, part and, of that and journey. it helped me get everything in place to to make sure moving forward whatever happens I'll manage to cope with it. Thank you so much and you know that that was episode free of the Talk About It Make <laughs> podcast. We discussed fear with the lovely Lindsay and thank you very much. Cheers, Mike. Cheers.